Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, good morning. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri here on the show. Hopefully you guys are off and running here on a new week. Running in what direction? Nobody really knows at this point. But Joe and I are back for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. However you are watching, wherever you are watching, we uh, appreciate your participation for sure in that. Uh, Once again, let me make sure that you guys understand. We are broadcasting here on YouTube and YouTube.com, SportsGrid.com, and all of the great apps that are out there like Zumo TV and Pluto TV and Stir. You can watch our shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week here at SportsGrid. We keep going. We're giving you content every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so first and foremost, my co-host today, as always, it's Joe Ranieri in South Florida, like me in South Florida. Joe, what's going on? What's going on, neighbor? It's, um, listen, it's a, uh, it, it remains to be a very interesting time to say the least, but uh, I, I'll even say this, listen, as a society, as sports fans, uh, it's amazing how every day, and we always say it all the time, like, oh, I don't know how much, but you kind of learn to adapt, right? And I yeah, think some sure. of the things that we've been able to notice, at least some of the things that I've been able to notice, is that I've had a chance now, um, the relatives that I've had a chance to Skype with and talk with, relatives that I'm way too busy, you know, during the year, like, oh, I can't, I got so much time. It's been really, really nice to be able to catch up with a lot of old friends and family members, everybody kind of on the same page. and. Kind of, it's a good reminder to, you know what, appreciate what you have and not what you don't have. Because life sometimes gets in the way, gets to be, you know, I'm too busy for this or that. But um, I've really come to notice that my outlook on a lot of things certainly going to change moving forward. Yeah, no question. And and even with us and, and all of the work that, that we put in, whether it's at home or, uh, you know, whether we're doing this uh, for you guys, I mean, I feel like in some ways, and yeah, of course, this is our jobs, but, uh, you know, I recognize the fact that there are subscription and non-subscription services out there like Netflix and YouTube and Hulu and Amazon Prime and things like that. Uh, you know, I feel the same way about us, and I want to make sure that we deliver an entertaining product Uh, That's important to me. And in my spare time, you know, of course, uh, spending time with my family, going through what we're all going through, mostly at home, not really. I mean, even in the last week or so, I would say that, uh, you know, we've kind of been confined more or less to our house and like right outside our house, because as things kind of get scarier and Florida seems to be at least in this sort of area where there could be a hot spot, we're we're just not taking any chances at this point and uh, and more or less staying home. But uh, on the positive side, there was a little sports on Sunday, believe it or not, live sports. You know, it's interesting. I'm not going to try and paint myself, Joe, as a horse racing expert. I dabble in it. I've watched it through the years. I can't say that I, turn, I tuned into Fox yesterday at 1 o'clock and watched four hours of horse racing coverage at Goldstream and then waited. I didn't do that. What I did was basically I knew the Florida Derby was going on. I have been to the Florida Derby before, probably a couple times, I would say, and the 30-some-odd uh, years that I've lived here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a nice, like, two-minute distraction just today. It was a little surreal, I got to say. It was a little surreal watching guys with masks on, on the uh, track and everything. But a little bit of a distraction for me on a Sunday to be able to watch that race go off. And uh, didn't win any money, and it was the only uh, race that I bet on. Uh, <laughs> dropped, dropped a little bit of money in the uh, in the betting app. You know, I don't, I don't even think I had a horse racing betting app, but I... <laughs> Opened, I opened one up for the race for the Florida Derby. Threw down, threw down twenty bucks, and uh, and on threw it down on uh, Clark Spencer's horse, oh. uh, Gouverneur Morris, the five horse. And Clark, by the way, is going to join us a little bit later in the show to talk about that experience from his couch watching a horse that he's a part owner. Not even be able to be at the track all your life. You want to own a horse that's going to win, Joe, and you can't even go to the track. Oh, yep. it's got to stink. Amazing. Anyway, that's that, that's how I spent my my uh, Sunday. I I'm right with you. I mean, it was. And I, you know, I, I keep being reminded guys, that, you know, horse racing is, we're, we're talking about what, the 145th, 146th Kentucky Derby coming up this year. I mean, we yeah. don't realize that when it comes to the history of this country and it comes to horse racing, guys, it's about as historic as Major League Baseball, maybe even more in a lot of, uh, in a lot of places. So it is always literally, even through this, I mean, I think history will reflect on it and go, 
you know, the, the one sport that, uh, that managed to stand tall and, and still be there uh, for the people, whether it be through wars or, or other pandemics. Horse racing has always been there, and it was a much needed, and I think, like you said, even for two minutes, if you watched is the law, have a great race, win the race, no matter, no matter what, you had an opportunity even for a few minutes to be able to take your mind off of it. Uh, not everybody was happy there running uh, at Gulfstream. A lot of people can't figure out, I don't understand. It's why they're not an essential bit. Well, listen, I, say what you want. There's nobody in the place, they're right? It looked like you said, very strange. You just see horses, you see jockeys, and yeah. no owners, no nothing. And it's going to continue to be that way. And I would encourage anybody who's never had a chance, and you know this, okay? If you've never had a chance to actually handicap a horse race, it's a different handicap than anything that we do in a lot of other aspects, whether it be fantasy or sports betting. It's, sure. um, it's an interesting handicap, too. And I think for 140, 50 years it's been around, uh, you got some time on your hand. If you're looking to learn a little something new, open up a horse racing forum and start diving into the, uh, the aspects of horse racing handicapping. It's actually, you might find it pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, look, there, like any, any any other element of handicapping, there is luck involved. But mm. the way the way that I would describe, uh, you know, trying to handicap horse racing, is it's like it's like Joe. If somebody told you, "Hey, you've ever seen this show Breaking Bad?" Yeah, well, they're in season four, episode three, and you just turn it on, you know, yep. and you're like, "Wow, what in the world is happening here? Like, what <laughs> happened in the past? What's going to happen in the future?" Uh, that's kind of how horse racing is. You have to have somewhat of an idea as to uh, yeah. what how the horse is fared. You got to watch them a little bit on TV. You got to know a little bit about it. But that being said, just for something to give you a little bit of a respite from everything that's going on, that's a good point that you make because whether it's here or Tampa Bay Downs or any of the horse racing tracks that are still open right now, uh, yeah, it is a little fun. And it was great to open up an app and, you know, even though I lost to throw 20 bucks down, so whatever it is. So uh, those of you who are expecting a lot of fantasy baseball talk on this show and you know me from covering baseball, being a reporter in baseball, of course I'm going to deliver that content to you. But, guys, we are in a different situation right now uh, in this country. And simply put, the way that I've described it, whether uh, it's been shows in the past or shows right now, is we're going to mix things up a little bit. We're going to talk about all of the things that are going on in life because to me, not knowing when there's going to be a season, how there's going to be a season, I think you guys will be bored to death with a two-hour just straight fantasy baseball show. So that's kind of how we're going to proceed with this. But that being said, a lot of the content will be baseball, and so we'll start off on that topic. And one of the topics that came out, Joe, over the weekend uh, was the fact that p perhaps Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, who is expected to be back whenever the season will begin, almost like everybody else who just hasn't had Tommy John surgery. I would expect mm -hmm. everybody to be back in June or July or whatever that is. Right. But the thought process of moving Aaron Judge to first base, uh, that was brought up a little bit in terms of rumor. Uh, Boone shut that down. And I got to tell you, that's a good sign because they're already dealing now, Joe, with one player in John Carlos Stanton who can't stay on the field. And you know and I know this guy is headed to the DH, if not all of this year, all of the future. I don't think he's going to see the field at all, especially yep. starting next year. They can't afford to automatically ride Judge into that first base position. Talk to me when he's like 30 or 32. A little early for that right now. So I was glad to see that go away. It, it's amazing too, isn't it? And it's just a product of the times here, guys, that that even coming up is just mind-blowing because if all had been, everything had gone according to plan and we'd already be in, uh, right, like a week into the season, right? Would have been our first weekend, I think, our first full weekend of the season. Yeah. I don't know a conversation about Judge moving to first base, regardless of, of the situation, would have even come up for topic. It's interesting that I thought Boone took the time to even address it and bring it up and kind of, you know, quelch it, put it to bed here, guys, and far too early for that, especially knowing that he's going to have more time now to heal up with the rib and move forward than anybody anticipated he would. So I, I think for guys like Judge and for the Yankees and others, I think uh, the when we do get back to playing some baseball and trying to, you know, hash it all out, uh, I do think uh, more normalcy will come, including, you know, guys in there natural position and of course the reality that you got a 250 million dollar dh on the uh, on on the bench so uh, good luck with that Boone. let me know how that works out for you yeah and, you know and again uh, with the dynamic of the way that the season it's going to be played one way or the other and the way it's going to be played in 2020 
is in all likelihood the amount of injuries that we saw are going to be whittled down to just a very few. Now, again, they'll have a three-week spring training where it'll get ramped back up if they do do this, uh, and then players will be hurt again. It's just natural. But, I mean, to the degree of seeing Noah Syndergaard and Chris Sale, like those guys being out for the season, like you know that already. And that's going to happen over the course of a regular season, too. A lot of the players that are hurt right now are going to end up being on big league rosters and playing and being healthy. They're going to expand some rosters as well. And we'll talk a little bit of baseball coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, the other thing that's happened, uh, Joe, with this pandemic is that we've really humanized th- this with with players and executives mm-hmm. and and all kinds of people around the world. Tom Hanks, you know, coming down with the coronavirus. And then we heard yesterday the really unfortunate one, of course, the owner of the New York Knicks, Jim mm-hmm. Dolan. Um, you know, and I and I think that as you know, I, I personally, Joe, I don't know that we would be at the same position that we are now, I think we would have been worse off had Rudy Gobert not tested positive and all of that stuff happened and the NBA just canceled their games. Because that's what it almost requires in our country for us to be able to take things seriously is people that we know about, know of, or know personally to have it really hit us. Now, I know for some parts of the country, including our state here in Florida, some of those spring breakers certainly didn't take it all that seriously. But when you hear names like Sean Payton and Tom Hanks and Jim Dolan coming down with this disease, and you are a sports fan, you know, I never wish any bad health on anyone, but this is sort of the wake-up call, I think, for people to say that, hey, it could even hurt some of the people that you know. Yeah, and and listen, in this day and age with how connected we all are with social media, the internet, the ability for us to be able to communicate and be able to get messages out there, uh, anybody who, at this particular point, still needs a reminder uh, that uh, no matter how much money you have, no matter how successful you are, uh, obviously the coronavirus doesn't care about your bank account. Um, If you haven't figured it out by now, guys, this affects everybody. And, you know, shockingly enough, there are still people running around out there thinking it'll never happen to me. Well, I'm sure James Dolan uh, didn't think, and I'm sure even he Took a whole heck of a lot of precautions, guys, and didn't think. And, and knock on wood, he's not showing any symptoms. And uh, even before we found out that he was, uh, that he was had the symptoms, and of course not uh, was asymptomatic, but has the virus, he was donating. You know, Madison Square Garden. He donated millions of dollars. Uh, the uh, Madison Square Garden management team donating. You know, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, they're doing everything they can there, obviously to help New Yorkers and to help those who have it. And if you don't realize that, you know, the owner here, guys, James Dolan, like he's he's contracted disease. And I'm sure probably no idea how it happened because he's been taking precautions like the rest of us. I hope it's a wake up call knowing that if it can happen to to Mr. Dolan or anybody else, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, it can certainly happen to you. Yeah, and, and that's that's a big part of it is just kind of understanding where we're at. And, and this is something that you never want to see happen to anyone. But at the same time, uh, it does sort of, you know, kind of humanize what's happening uh, in our country. Um, I, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to do uh, some fun new stuff here on Fantasy Sports today. But as we close out, I want to close out this segment with this. Like, Joe, are, are you done? Like, you, you're hosting like a million shows here on, on Sports Grid. Like, every time I turn on Sports Grid, I know it's you. It's just a different jacket or a different shirt or your hair. Your hair it's is different. parted a, a, a different way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so... We talked about the food. Are you, are you doing any outside shopping in Florida? Because that's that's something that I'm struggling with right now to figure out. Because we're getting to that point where I think in the next like two weeks, eventually we're going to have to do it. Are you doing any of that at all? Any outside I, um, eating? I just did it over the weekend. As a matter of fact, I had uh, I had gone out um, to a local Target, to a Super Target there, to be able to pick up some dog food, of course. Make sure the dog is fed before anybody else. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, heaven forbid he misses a meal, the fat little bastard. But, um, you know, I go out there having a, and I'm wondering what is it going to be like because the roads are not bare in South Florida. And if you've been out, you've seen this. Right? Yeah. This is not, there. this isn't the streets are bare. There are, and I know Miami-Dade and Broward County trying to do their best to, to get folks to shelter in place. And uh, I went out and there weren't, it wasn't flooded with people, but there were people in there. But more importantly, the people that were out uh, were adhering to social distancing. 
the lines where they were very adamant about lining people up, you know, um, wait, you know, six feet. They've got everything marked in these grocery stores and the stores. They've got everything. And, you know, for the most part, when you're coming down uh, an aisle, uh, one person would kind of, you know, move aside. Everybody is aware now, and I didn't sure. see anybody blatantly running around trying to touch people. Everybody's very aware That's of what's good. going on. Yeah, a little uh, more orderly happy than to hear I that, thought it Joe. was going to be. Exactly. A little more orderly because there's always that one idiot who's running around coughing on produce. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no. Uh, we didn't yeah. see any of that, thank goodness. Good, good. I'm happy to hear that. You know, people <laughs> running around these places. Uh, I, that would have been a video for another show. Yes, yeah, I, and I would have had it. Trust me, I would have had it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, so here's what we got for you guys on the show today. A little bit later in the program, we're going to go through some of the closers in fantasy baseball, so we certainly will update you on that. We'll give you that discussion as well. Uh, also, uh, fantasy football, there, there were a couple of at least minor moves over the weekend that could end up affecting things on a couple of different teams. And then, as we mentioned, Clark Spencer, who covered the uh, Miami and Florida Marlins for two decades, is going to join us on the show because now he's gotten to the horse racing game and one of the horses that ran over the weekend at the Florida Derby, he's got a piece of that horse. So we weigh in with him on all things horse racing. And we also uh, talked about everything, basically, including what we could possibly expect uh, moving forward with the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and, of course, the Belmont Stakes. But right here, we got Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. And coming up after the break, it's time to dive a little bit back into history. We'll do a little This Day in Sports uh, also, birthdays in sports. It's just, it's that kind of uh, year of covering sports, 2020. There's never been a year like this before, so we thought we'd go back in time a little bit. We'll do that next, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is Sports Grid with Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. We were hoping to have some fantasy baseball discussion with you guys today. Just kind of recapping what happened after the first weekend of the Major League Baseball season. But of course, as you know, not trying to be cynical or even disappoint you. There is no baseball, at least for the time being. And of course, no, no time being uh, soon. As everybody knows by now, uh, we'll be looking at another month at the very least of just kind of hanging out, being with family. But that doesn't mean here on Sports Grid we're not giving you new content every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I know that uh, you know one new thing that we're going to do here on the show, Joe, as long as we are doing a show here for you guys every day, is kind of diving back into sports history. And I don't know what kind of a history buff you are in terms of sports, Joe, but ever since I, I can remember, I paid attention to both baseball and football and basketball, whether I lived in South Florida or early on when I was very young, living in New York. So I thought we'd bring some historical perspective to the show. Take a look at these. All right, so uh, this is uh, this day in fantasy sports history. So we'll get started here. And, and this, is, uh, this is, and look, I honestly didn't know a lot about this. On March 30th, 1993, mm -hmm. the Ottawa Senators, Joe, lost their 37th consecutive road game. I mean, my gosh, 37 games in a row, Joe? Like, this is epic bad. I don't even remember that. No, and it was right around there in that early 90s uh, era there, too, where, uh, you know, the Rangers actually, I think in 94, finally, uh, you know, they were a doormat for how long they finally won the Cup. Uh, but when you think about that, 37 consecutive road games, oh they were a doormat, folks. I mean, an absolute doormat is what they were. And uh, you can pretty much say they're probably going to try to break that record now, too, because they're not very good now either as a franchise. Yeah, no, hockey's uh, gone the other way for them for sure. So that happened uh, back in 1993, March 30th of 1993. Uh, March 30th of 1997, 
Uh, at the time, if you and it's hard to remember because there's so many guys come and go in the game of golf. But John Daly was one of the more popular players everybody remembers in the 90s for sure. And John Daly uh, got himself into a little bit of a drinking habit. And uh, Joe, I know that you were living in uh, you know, North South Florida, I guess you would call it uh, at the time. Um, he he checked into the Betty Ford Clinic. What are your thoughts, Joe, on John Daly? Now he's kind of he makes light of his career and you know kind of pokes fun at himself for being a little bit of a disaster for a long period of time. But you know, truth be told, if John Daly didn't get himself into that kind of trouble, he may have ended up with a much better uh, PGA Tour career. Now he's just kind of like a folk his, a folklore type of guy. You know what it is about uh, Daly, uh, Greg, is that. What made him as good as he was uh, was the fact that he was, he had that personality. He's a very addictive guy. He's a very, you know, this is a guy that would go sit uh, and blow $3 million on a slot machine, um, you know, and, and pound the free drinks that came along with it. John Daly, the stories, guys, are legendary with him. But it was that attitude uh, that allowed him to win the British Home, that allowed him to get those major wins and, while, yes, you know, it would have been great to see him kind of clean up his act a little bit, but I don't know that he's the same player if he does. I, I really don't. I think what made John Daly so good was that he lived life on the edge, both on the court, and, uh, on the course and off the course. But uh, for such a lunatic, for a guy to hit the ball as long as he did and, and swung as hard as he did, when he was on the touch around the greens inside 100 yards, Guys, he had the softest hands in, in the PGA. It was unbelievable how good his short game was to go with the fact that he hit the ball 380 yards off the tee. He was an enigma. You don't talk. There really isn't anybody else to compare John no. Daly to to anybody else that we've seen on the PGA Tour. No, no. A lot of guys in baseball, football, basketball, but he was kind of like that. Yep. Uh, one other event that I wanted to uh, touch on here before we're uh, done with history, and, and I know it's a little sad, but let's go back. March 30th, 2019. Remember, the last two seasons of baseball have actually started in March. They've been moving them a little bit up to not have the cold weather. I guess, well, that's out the window for 2020 if they start this season, that's for sure. Uh, but the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks. And this game, and I and I was kind of looking it up because we, we have a very short memory as, as it pertains to sports. Really early on in the season, Joe, we realized something was up with that baseball, right? There was a lot of runs being scored in the first couple weeks of the season. Usually that doesn't happen at all because the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. But in this case, L.A. put an 18 spot on the Diamondbacks. Not a memorable game overall over the course of the season. But Cody Bellinger, this was the beginning toward his run last year. This day, one year ago, four for six, six runs driven in. And he had two home runs. Bellinger had some year last year, Joe. And I think that when you start looking, and now that everybody has some time, they can go back and look at old box scores, you can see that that first month of the season was when we started to get the indication, hey, this ain't going to be no uh, pitchers-type season. It, it definitely wasn't that last year. Well, I can tell you this, too, Greg. Uh, just ask the bookmakers. Uh, last year, around this time, the over-unders that, they were, uh, that were being put up, uh, and it took... It took the books a little while to adjust to the runs and what was about to be happening. Because don't forget, 2018, Craig, we didn't get that. We didn't, no, it, was it wasn't never, like that at all. March yeah. 30th, you were going to get it. Like, absolutely not. It wasn't going to happen. And when you're talking about Arizona, who was not a bad team last year, and the Dodgers, and, and Bellinger, of course, goes on MVP year, uh, just one of many that he is going to have. But it remains a question today. But it was, it was felt through the sports betting uh, community as well as that some guys who caught on that something was, something was different here were able to profit a lot in the month of April because the over-under numbers of a lot of these games just weren't, they weren't what they were, shall we say, by the time we got to July. So there was some money to be made certainly in the early part of last year. So what you're saying is the seven and a halfs or eights and eight and a halfs were gone? Yeah. <laughs> by, the, by the time exactly. it got into April and May, yeah, I'm very well aware of that as well. Exactly. You're, you're you're saying other than the Coors Field games, all the totals looked like the Coors Field games. Yeah, that Amazing. was and Arizona. Yeah. Eventually, pretty much. Yep. Eventually. It, it, I know it, it pretty much got that way, and that was one of the parts of this season that I was really looking forward to. Not mm -hmm. runs, just kind of figuring out what was going to end up happening, and um, you know, still a big question, yeah, a lot, is it not? I yeah, mean, it's we, we still don't know. Yep. No. Yeah, we still don't know. Oh, 
Yeah, no one really cares either, right? Which one? We don't care if back. there's 15 home runs or one. We just yeah. want baseball of any kind. Give but, me those uh, those sixes, six and a half. I don't care. I'm good to go. Bring it back. Yeah, yeah. The one thing also, by the way, uh, before we go on to the uh, the uh, birthdays, is mm-hmm. that the other thing that I I don't ever remember seeing in terms of betting with baseball were the huge favorites that they were last September. I don't ever recall seeing like every day minus 340, minus 410, minus 370. Yeah. Um, a couple of them lost too. I think Berlander may have lost uh, nice. one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just in, yeah. in my history, I, at the end of the year, I'd always remember like a minus two eighty and then minus mm-hmm. a run and a half. It's still minus one twenty. But man, there were like some four hundreds out yeah. there last. Year. And it was like one a week too. It got to especially towards the end when you yeah. were you had the competition playing Detroit or Baltimore. It was just it was absurd. And Verlander was a part of two of those games in which. Yeah, minus 400, minus 38, that they ended up losing. And boy, yeah, oh boy. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, boy, that was a tough that was a tough pill to swallow for some guys. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, April and September, just mm-hmm. bet the dogs. You yep. can't go wrong. All right, uh, so also March 30th is uh, not my birthday. It is uh, not Joe Ranieri's birthday, but it is the birthday for a lot of people in sports and entertainment. Um, first of all, uh, Celine Dion's birthday is today. And before we get into the sports, Joe, are you a Celine Dion fan at all? I, uh, like- I am. I actually, Greg, and I'll never forget this. I went uh, one year, went to Vegas, okay. and Celine Dion was then doing hosting a show at Caesars. And you know, she had the she had three months, four months. She had been there a couple of years eventually. Right. And, you know, my wife at times like, we got to go see Celine Dion. I'm like, you know, I'm at the craps tail. I'm like, I'm. I'm like, I'm not going to see Celine Dion. Like, you, she's like, no, we're going to see Celine Dion. I'm like, whatever, just go get the ticket. So she, I didn't think she, I thought it'd be sold. I didn't think she got it. Right. Certainly she gets it. So now I'm like, oh, great. So now I got to leave the crash table. I got to go see Celine Dion. And I got to tell you, to this day, it remains. I cried in the damn show. I was an really? absolute mess. Wow. It was the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. And you should know. I mean, Vegas doesn't do any. It's not just a concert. The show she put on and the singing and the choreo, unlike anything to this day that I've ever seen, the greatest show I've ever been to. Period. I was I was not expecting to have that on Fantasy Sports. Yeah, I'm glad. Either. I'm yeah. glad that I that I mentioned it. I it's thought correct. that that the uh, marriage was was headed in another direction. Unbelievable. That story. Unbelievable. Save that story for another yep. day. All right, uh, back uh, back to the birthdays, the real birthdays here. Uh, Secretariat, of course, passed away, but since we were on the subject of horse racing on the show, I uh, thought we would bring up Secretariat, arguably the best uh, horse of all time in terms of horse racing. Uh, why is MC Hammer in here in terms of sports? Well, let's not forget, MC Hammer, once upon a time, was the bat boy for the Oakland A's, and that's how he got his nickname, uh, Hammer and Hank Aaron. They thought he looked like him. He's 59 today. Uh, Richard Sherman, of course... Uh, you know, potentially, I think, a future Hall of Famer. We can have that discussion as well at 32. And then, of course, Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros today. He is 26. These are all people that their birthdays uh, are today, March 30th. Uh, today is 2020. Of course, we're uh, wishing everybody out there a happy birthday today. Those are just some of the ones that we picked. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, Hammer is not, you know, really sports, but... I mean, he was a bat boy for Oakland. If you, if I'm not mistaken, when he did that Too Legit to Quit song, maybe that's dating myself, going back about almost 30 years, I think he did that with Deion Sanders and, like, the Atlanta Falcons, right. too. So I was like, ah, what the heck? Let me throw Hammer in there, too. Listen, 59, though. Hammer's 59? You kidding me? Crazy when you think about it. And what's even crazier is you think about, I mean, for a significant portion of time there, he was at the top of the heat, man. I mean, there was – he, he made course. more money here. But he also blew more he money lost than more money. And he lost it all, guys. <laughs> right. Like it all. It's a it's it's a fascinating story. But he, if you remember at the time, he was very involved. He was a sports lunatic. Like he loved yes. his Oakland A's. He, he was with Dion. He was at all the big sporting events, and and he was all over the place. Very involved in uh, in the sports world. He was. Yeah, uh, Richard Sherman has had essentially what looks like two careers now. He had that unbelievable career with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, look, I, I I still think he's an effective player in the NFL. He's not the reason why the 49ers got to the Super Bowl. He's 32 years old today. Would you guess that Sherman could play two more years at his position? There are some people who feel like uh, this this could potentially be it this year. I know that 
he he did have a very big interception in the playoffs too uh, for the 49ers as well. But I feel like his this is like the second part of his career. And even if he's not playing at a high level, he's still one of the best talkers out there. So I'd love to see him stick around. Absolutely. And listen, I think Richard Sherman at this point, much like Darrell Revis back in the uh, back in the day, because as a Jet fan, obviously, I was a big Darrell Revis fan uh, for a significant portion of his career, as well as Richard Sherman's. You, you didn't throw the ball on that side of the field. It didn't no. make a yeah. difference. Now, he wasn't like Revis where he followed you. But when he was with Seattle, with that defense and with how good he was, Quarterbacks wouldn't even look to that side of the field, which helped the defense. Now, he's not that same player, but with the defense the 49ers have and the scheme that they run, Richard Sherman is a guy that can go out and get you five or six interceptions in a year. He's not the shutdown guy he used to be, but with with the other pieces around him and with that scheme, Richard Sherman, I think, can definitely be an effective DB moving forward into this latter part of his career. Yeah, and look, you know, the thing that we we seem to forget so much about in the NFL or just in sports in general is that people always have a hard time with guys who like to talk, mm-hmm. but yet it's those guys that like to talk that are always giving us the best material for shows like so these. True. So, so I would lo- I would love to see him yeah. stick around for uh, another year or two. And then the final birthday mm-hmm. today, and uh, and this is somebody that I know and I've had a chance to interview personally. I wouldn't say that he's like a close friend of mine or even a friend, but Man, this uh, the one thing that, that we're probably not going to get to spend a lot of time on this season, especially with no early part of the baseball season, is, is the Houston Astros. Uh, Alex Bregman turns 26 years old today. Regardless of what you want to say, Joe, and I know that, look, uh, you know everything that they did was wrong. Uh, they're, good, they're probably getting away with less punishment because of everything that's happening now. Uh, but Bregman, if this was a conversation we're having one year ago and we're saying, you know, give me give me the birthday of Alex Bregman. You're saying top three player in the game, and it's just you know no one's saying that anymore because of everything that they've gone through. Um, listen, I, I found it fascinating. I remember you uh, telling me about a month ago where we're at spring training together, that when you had the opportunity to to go to that you know the Houston Astros facility along with the Nationals, and you had a chance to talk to some of these guys, you were struck by how it bothered it seemed to bother him more than anybody else right i mean it, like it, you were, in my opinion in yeah. your opinion when you're talking to everyone everyone else kind of had a a very standoff attitude they were kind of pissed but he he was bothered by the whole situation including even being like it really looked like it bothered him on a personal level didn't it for sure yeah. for sure the other thing too now is that and i could tell you this just from common knowledge and you guys could go check this I mean, Alex, when uh, when spring training was starting and all this was going on, I mean, to me, look, it's it's not a good, a perfect indication as to how somebody's life is. But when people are happier in life, to me, Joe, they tend to post more things on social media. And that is clearly evident with Alex Bregman. Now, I know that with the horrible stuff that's going on around the country, he has more of a responsibility to make sure that money is donated and his city is represented, too. But you can see that he's much more active now. Um, and even just before all this was happening over the past month um, than he was when this was all going on. Because I think, I mean, he's a kid. He's still a young kid. I think he knows that he was wrong, but I, I think that he was in shock. I think he it just it just punched him in the face. And to have to and have to be the guy who's answering all the questions all the time. He's the guy that was in the past smug out there That's saying, true. come get me. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's like he can't be that guy anymore. And it yep. was a real shame to see that taken away from him. But... Houston did wrong. They're all paying the price. And speaking of which, coming up next, one of the players that we haven't heard from in a while resurfaced on social media from the Houston Astros. Would you believe that one of the Astros posts something negative about the whistleblower Mike Fires, but then says he's still friends with him? A bizarre story coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Ranieri with you here on the show. Once again, we're on the air 24 hours a day, seven days a week on SportsGrid.com and YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe to all of our shows. Also, a little bit later on the show, we're going to have Clark Spencer on the program. He, of course, uh, part owner of one of the horses that has some potential in the Triple Crown that hopefully will get off and running sometime later this summer or in the fall. Don't go away. More Fantasy Sports Today with Craig and Joe coming up. DailyRoto.com 
Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. You can catch Joe all over the SportsGrid map. He's on with you guys 24 hours a day, seven days a week, hosting all the shows. I can't even keep up with you, Joe. Too many shows, too little time. I mean, I, how do you even remember? I, I'm surprised you haven't called me by a different name yet. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me one time in life, and I swore I'd never do it again. So it's just the worst of situations. Whole nother story for another show, but no, I got you and I got it written right in front of me so I don't make that mistake. All right, perfect. Uh, Joe, of course, and, and myself, both in the South Florida area and those of you who are all over the country, all over the world, want to make sure that you guys know, stay safe, stay inside. Looks like we are going to uh, have to endure this at least for another couple of weeks, probably another month. And all throughout, you can catch all of our programming on SportsGrid. If you go back and rewind, you can hear our conversation that we just had uh, about Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros, and certainly uh, we went through the historical perspective of this day in sports, also birthdays in sports. And now it's time to liven up the conversation a little bit because it's been really interesting, Joe, that since the Astros cheating scandal has sort of come to a close and we focused on a lot of other things, there have been some players that played on that Houston Astros 2017 team that we haven't heard from. Not a lot, almost at all. Uh, one in particular, who we're not going to hear from here, but one in particular to me is Brian McCann. Um, there have been some stories about Brian McCann wanting to stop it, and he didn't like it. But, uh, of course, Brian McCann retired after the 2018 season. Now, Carlos Beltran, we may not have heard from him at all, but he ended up taking the manager job at the New York Mets, and that's when all of his stuff came out. And it seems like every player around the league that played for that team in 2017, wherever they ended up, ended up getting asked about it or interviewed J.D. Davis on the Mets and Jake Marisnik, I believe, on the Mets as well. Just players, of course, move around in the league. This is the way things are. But funny enough, over the weekend, one of those players uh, resurfaced. And that, of course, was Evan Gaddis, the catcher slash designated hitter of the Astros, and if you go back and you watch all of those uh, videos on YouTube and John Boy's videos, Evan Gatta is definitely at the forefront of a lot of this stuff with the trash can banging. In fact, he's in a few of those videos as well. Yep. Uh, but he had an interesting post over the winter, uh, over the weekend, Joe. Uh, didn't think that I'd see that coming. <laughs> that <was> um, great. <laughs> basically poking fun at his former teammate, Mike Fires. Wow. Uh, saying, you know, in a little uh, cup drinking device there, uh, snitches get stitches. Price. And and this, of course, caused a huge uproar on social media. And then, after it was all said and done, of course, what do we get? Oh, I don't, you know, I, I like Mike a lot, and it's, you know, I was just yeah. kidding around and all yeah. of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he tweets out a couple of more different comments including, uh, and you guys can read what you see on the screen here, in addition to the to the one on the top, on the bottom, which is really key. Uh, the way the public feels about helping us cheat is how I felt when I uh, at least assumed that other people were cheating against us, no excuses. And again, underline that mm -hmm. other people were cheating against us, no excuses, but I understand everyone's anger doesn't exactly uh, put Humpty Dumpty uh, back together again. And so, uh, look, Evan Gaddis is... A different kind of guy. I've interviewed mm -hmm. him for many years. Uh, you remember he comes from that background, when, and even on his Twitter handle, I think he has a picture of where he, when he used to be a janitor, yes. ended up just completely resurfacing as a baseball player and having a very solid, albeit more or less shorter, MLB career. A lot of people found it fascinating, by the way, Joe, that this guy didn't play at all in Major League Baseball last year. Basically couldn't find a gig. Remember, right. in the in the offseason, in the winter of last year, remember all those guys were not signed in January and February, including Harper, yep. including Machado. Yep. Uh, Gaddis just basically never lost, latched on with anyone. And to this point, 
it looks like there's a chance that his MLB uh, career is over. So I would ask you, do you think that he initially made this tweet, made this post with malice? Or do you think that it was a joke from start to finish? Because I don't really think that we'll know. The only one that I really know is Evan Gaddis. This is, I think, one of those classic situations of, you know, Evan is finding himself in, uh, you know, uh, being locked down, kind of uh, quarantined there, probably. All of those players, I'm sure, would love to be able to tell their side of the story, right? They all, but of course, of course not of course. that I'm going to do. And I, and I think that kind of mugshot, uh, guys, and this is just priceless here, if you guys check it out. I mean, the snitches get stitches. It's um, this was, I think, an opportunity for him to, uh, to vent here a little bit, Craig, and kind of get his side, kind of go ahead and get it out there and push that narrative, because I think you're right. Like, a lot of people don't even realize he wasn't in last year. Like, he wasn't in, he never got signed, and it's pretty much over for Evan, I would think. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Who's going to take him? So this Nobody. is kind of his yeah. way to kind of broach the topic there and give folks a, a little bit of understanding. I thought it was fascinating the way he... Puts that out there, but wants everyone to understand that no hard feelings here, bro. You know, like I happen to like him, and I, and I get it. But it, like he said, it doesn't change the fact what's done is done. You ain't putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, uh, and you never will. So I think we might get more and more of that from some of those players that we haven't heard from yet uh, as this continues. Yeah, and, and I think that Gaddis in particular is in a little bit of a different scenario than some of the other players that played on that 2017 team. Now, in fantasy, we can go back 5, 10 years, and Gaddis was always a player that would get drafted as long as he had the catcher eligibility right. because catching has been an offensive wasteland now for at least a decade. Uh, but in the reality of baseball, if you can't play defense, and Gaddis is never going to be and never has been a great defender, yep. you're already going to have a hard time signing. And um, and and you're and it is interesting to think that look he is on his couch but he's been on his couch now for a year or two, um, and, and and if you're a major league team and you think about it from that perspective, the steroid guys mm -hmm. all ended up getting gigs again and they ended up signing and they ended up getting long term contracts but there was always that stigma that went around with them at least at the very beginning of that. Um, what spring what America because let's be honest he's not going to the National League. Mm -hmm. What American League team, Joe? In February or in January is going to look and say, oh, yeah, Evan Gaddis, let's bring that guy into the fold. So we have to constantly have questions being answered about cheating and having it go on. Now, truth be told, for guys like Jake Marisnik, who were moved in, in New York, he was asked about it once. He, he apologized for it. That was it. Dallas Keuchel, same thing when he signed with the White Sox. But it's like, is it even worth it at this point for a guy who may be at the end of his career? Because remember, Gaddis got a late start to it. So I think that may have something yes. to do with it, too. Maybe it's just... As you said, sitting around in a quarantine and just yep. thinking, oh, is, is this a good idea? Do I even really care? Exactly correct. You know, some of these guys are going to get to uh, the point where, listen, their baseball career is over, not only, you know, as a player, but anybody that has coaching aspirations, you probably won't hear from them. I don't know that we'll ever hear from Bregman. Uh, I mean, not from Bregman, from um, um, McCann. McCann. Any of these guys that may plan on, of course, moving forward with either being a coach or something along those lines, I think they're just going to avoid it. But I do think some of the guys that realize, all right, playing days are over. I got, what do I got to lose at this point? Let me get it off my chest. Let me give you guys uh, an inside view as to what's going on. Because there is a face. There's a couple of faces to this, guys. Evan Gaddis isn't one of them. You know no, what I mean? Um, so he, there's a lot less to lose for Gaddis than some of these other guys moving forward. But my career's over. I'm not planning on coaching or managing. I'm good with the game. It was great to me. I'm moving on with my life. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, when you think about it, and it's funny because they kind of look like each other, McCann and Gaddis, yeah. a little bit. They're both bald at the goatee. Um, yeah, so. you know, it's interesting because you bring up McCann, who is a very big family guy, and I don't mm -hmm. see him uh, being a coach. But I do think eventually, Joe, like the Braves – I mean, will they retire his number? Maybe that's going a little far, but he's going to have, there's going to be at some point a chance for him to talk. And by all accounts, yep. he was the one guy that didn't want it going on. He didn't do enough to stop it either. Yep. But it seemed as though when, you know, based on the, what the players have said that uh, while Beltron was pushing for it, McCann was the one guy that didn't. And he's, as you, as you alluded to, the one guy we haven't heard from yet that had any, any kind of, now he didn't have a huge impact on the 2018 team. Right. 
by that by that time his career was was pretty much over and then he retired but he had a pretty big impact on the 2017 team darn right he did and uh and listen there is a the only question i have there's going to be a book written here and the question is who is the author of that book uh much like jose canseco guys remember that Every Jose Canseco writes a book, blows the lid off of the steroid that's era, right. and that's we're all right. like, "Oh, that's crap!" Um, really? Um, no, it wasn't. So, who is it? Who's going to be that one person that writes the book? And if you remember at the time, Canseco had nothing to lose. His baseball career was over. Sure. And, you know, he realized so. Somebody on that team involved is going to get to the point where they've got nothing to lose, and baseball can't touch him. Somebody's going to profit from this story. I just don't know who it is yet. No, and we're and we're not there yet. No, nope. we're going to find out. Um, it is interesting because, uh, you know, a, a lot of the guys on that team are private type guys. You know, Bregman is the one that if you would have told me he's not twenty six, he's thirty six, I would have said, oh, that's the guy that's going to do it. But Josh Reddick is like not that guy. He's like a wrestling guy. Like. Well, and, I don't see listen, him being out there. Story we've had Beltran was the guy behind this all, wasn't it? Yeah. Everybody was. So I don't know that we'll hear from him, obviously, whether or not he gets another chance as a managerial spot, I don't know. But I would imagine if there was one guy, and you tell me, if there was one guy I do want to hear from, it's Carlos Beltran. Yeah, but he's never been out there, Joe. Like like Even as a player, he was never really a big... He was a leader in the clubhouse, but he was never a big talker. Yes. Which is why I always found it interesting that the Mets hired him because half the job of being a manager is just talking all the time, every yeah. single day. Yeah. So yeah. He'd I be found the guy that I'd want to hear from. Like, let me maybe hear- AJ Hinch. You know, maybe ah, AJ Hinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we ha- we also haven't heard from Jeff Luno at all. Nothing, zero. No, well, I don't no. know that we ever will. Uh, no, I don't know may, that we not. ever will. Uh, yeah. Because a guy like him, he's. He's playing in a different. Uh, he's playing in a different ballpark, so than the players are. So I don't know if he'll get another shot with a team as a GM, but you know, I, the money usually takes care of money. Yeah, I mean, people have called me crazy, but I, I think he will. Yeah. Um, you know, because he, he he listen. You don't hire Jeff Luno right now if your team's winning a championship, but but you're telling me. That let's say let's say uh, yeah, the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe a bad example, but they decide. You know what? Let's tear it all down. We want to lose for four straight years right. and then eventually be good again. Who better than to have than that guy? Like right. Jeff Luto right. built the Astros from 50 wins, 50 wins, 60 wins, 60 wins, World Series, World Series, World Series. You know whether they won or lost. Remember how bad they were? I oh, mean, four <laughs> years in a row of 100 losses. Terrible, man. And he was the architect behind that. He was. He was. I don't he think was. We'll I, w- I would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't rule out a return. It just may take a few years. We're a forgiving country. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, on the other side of baseball, we saw some things finalized, and you and I talked about this when we last did a show over the weekend and on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that, that came out of this, and Tony Clark, the president of the uh, Major League Baseball Association, has been speaking about it. The one thing that he did mention over the weekend that I think is uh, you know, completely unrealistic. I don't know how you feel about this, Joe. Like, I, I can live with anything. I can live with a neutral park World Series. I can live with the season going till December. Uh, but when they asked him about the All-Star game, he said that no door is closed. I got to tell you, Joe, I don't think there's any chance of them playing an All-Star game. Like, how in the world? Like, we know for sure that there is no baseball season in April. Okay, so let's just eliminate that from the start. The best case scenario at this point is a spring training in May and then a season starting in June. It's like the one thing that I think that it would just be best to eliminate it now. And I feel bad for L.A. Of course, it's their time. It's their city. They could give them the All-Star game. Hopefully, uh, they can push everything back and give that to another year. But you're telling me that they're going to play for two months, take a break just to have four games in L.A.? It's also going to elongate the season because you're taking that break? I just don't see any way that this happens. It stinks because if I was a fan of the Dodgers and I lived in Los Angeles, I've been waiting for the All-Star game. I'd want to see it in my city, too. But this is like I could go with any scenario on the board for baseball. I just I I can't see how there's going to be an All-Star game this year. Can't see it. I think the and if that's the case, if that's legitimately on the table, then I think we're looking at a much shortened season where they'll just cut it in half and you know use that all-star break as an opportunity for a little reprieve between either the first 40 games and the last 40 games however many games that you're going to play if you're including an all-star game to kind of break it up between first half and second half 
I would think we're talking about a serious reduction in the amount of games. It would have to be that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, if hypothetically in a best case scenario, the season started in June, I mean, you're not going to have the Midsummer Classic in the second week of July. They would have only been playing six weeks. So you would be doing that essentially, I think, in August. August, end of August. And and that still wouldn't even make sense. That would only be like 45, 50 games into the season instead of 80 or 90. So. You know, of all the things that that's, and it's unfortunate because it's, I don't want to see the All-Star game canceled. I've been to many All-Star games. I love it. It's a great event. But it just, it doesn't seem realistic to me. And it does seem that they would be better served if they do play a season to take that week where the players normally have off um, and just bake in an off day here or two. Yes. But to have a, a whole break for L.A., um, you know, maybe give them the World Series site, maybe give them the all-star game in 2021 right, right. And, and now that the game doesn't mean anything anymore i think it would just be best to punt that thing altogether. so all right uh okay so that'll do it for hour number one uh here on fantasy sports today on sports grid but we got plenty more to come mm-hmm. because coming up in hour number two we're going to get into uh some fantasy football discussion there were some smaller but potentially pivotal moves made over the weekend Uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers. A new receiver is in and one is out, so we'll get to that as well. Also, Melvin Gordon had some comments, which we'll talk about. Uh, I want to touch on some closing situations in baseball. Now that we're looking at this new world of what baseball could be, we know that in some way the season is going to be, you know, I would say significantly changed. It's not going to be 160. It's not going to be 150. 140 would be the best. So what does that mean with a 140-game season, if that is the cap? And then Clark Spencer is going to join us to talk a little horse racing on the show as well. Come yep, on, we'll Clark. have that coming up. This is Sports Grid, Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri. We're back in just a couple of minutes with the second hour of Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.